Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 26 of Revelation chapter 13, and we're continuing to look at verse 14. Revelation 13, 14 says, And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. Well, we... Uh, we're discussing in our last study the deception of these signs and wonders, these miracles, um, supposedly, that are being performed by Satan during the time of the Great Tribulation, during the time of the end. And even today, these things are going on in the churches and congregations of the world as um, there are estimates that about 500 million professed Christians are of uh, a Pentecostal affiliation, they, they would be open to these things. And many more in Christendom of other churches are possibly accepting of these 500 million as though they're, they're just another form of of the Christian church, like a, a different denomination. They, they would not say that they're, uh, they're not of God. Oh, no, they wouldn't dare say something like that. Uh, but it doesn't matter. We know the church age is over. We, we know whether a professed Christian say he's a Pentecostal believer or whether he says he's a Presbyterian, a Reformed believer. It doesn't matter. At this point in time, uh, God is finished with all of them, no matter what church they align themselves with. It, it really ultimately makes very little difference at this point. But here, notice in Revelation fourteen fourteen, the beast, Satan, deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do. Yes, God is as loose Satan and and given him much power within the church during the judgment on the churches. But notice he had power to do these things in the sight of the beast. In the sight of the beast. Now that's a significant statement because normally in the Bible we read of things that are done in the sight of God. For instance, Uh, I'll read a few verses. Luke 16. Luke 16 and verse 15. And he said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your hearts, for that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. And and that's exactly the case. It, It is exactly the situation in the church, these signs and wonders are highly esteemed among men. They they feel very good about them, and yet it's abomination 
in the sight of God. In Acts chapter 4, in Acts 4, it says in verse 19, But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. In the sight of God. That's a um, fairly common statement in the Bible. In Acts chapter 8, it says in verse 21, Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. God not only sees outward things, of course, but he can look on the heart. He can know what's going on in the hearts of men. In Hebrews 4, we we read uh, an all-encompassing statement uh, regarding uh, God's ability to do this. It says in Hebrews 4, verse 13, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. All things, nothing can be hid from God. Therefore, everything is is done in his sight. Probably one of the reasons why it, it's mentioned so often in the Bible. But what is the condition of the church at the time of the end? The time of the Great Tribulation. God has left the church. He, w- he was in the midst of the congregation's for almost 2,000 years. But after uh, the 1,955 years of the church age, he came out of the church. And Satan took his seat in the church, as it says in Revelation 13, uh, verse 2, at the end of verse 2, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. So the one seated in the church and Revelation thirteen fourteen and the rest of the verses we're going to read about the image made to the beast. It's all language referring to the New Testament church. The one seated there, can't you picture the throne where the ruler is seated and and yet not upon that throne is the Lord Jesus Christ any longer, but the man of sin the devil himself who has been loosed, and he is seated there over the church corporate, and all these signs and wonders are being done in his sight. As it says here, uh, deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Because the beast is is the spirit presence in the church. Of course, God uh, knowing all things uh, in all places with all people and creatures knows everything that's going on in the church. It's not that the things done there escape his sight, but in this way, God is just revealing that he is no longer in the church, that uh, he's no longer ruling in the church, but it's Satan. And then it goes on to say, in Revelation 14:14, 14, 14, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword, 
and did live. The Greek word that's translated image is Strong's number 1504. I would pronounce it as icon, and it's from uh, 1503, Ico, 1503 is a word that means be like, and, and that's what the word image means, be like. For instance, in Matthew 22, in Matthew chapter 22, beginning in verse 20, it says, and he saith unto them, uh, excuse me, I'm going to back up. A little bit because, uh, um, in order to get some more of the context, um, some of the Pharisees were trying to entangle the Lord, capture him, trap him, and, and get him in trouble with Roman authorities, uh, concerning the paying of taxes. And it says in Matthew, um, 22 in verse, uh, 17, tell us therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny. And he saith unto them, Whose is this image and superscription? They say unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. When they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. So the Lord escaped their trap, and and the trap was that if if Christ would say, oh, yes, we're to pay tribute money, they would go to the the Jews and say he's a Roman sympathizer. He. He, he wants us to pay these publicans and, and the publicans were despised in the eyes of the Jews. It would have been aligning himself with the publicans. Of course, the Lord did that when, he, when he ate with, with publicans and harlots, but, but here it was a very well crafted trap by the leaders of the scribes and Pharisees to accuse Christ. And yet, Jesus, being infinitely wise, managed to escape their trap by saying, um, show me the tribute money. And and he saith unto them, whose is this image and superscription? And they couldn't deny. It was obvious. Well, it's Caesar. It's an image of Caesar. and And it's just like today. If we take out our money, we look at our coins or even the, the bills, and what do we find? We find the image of presidents or the image of men. And it, it's been that way for many centuries. And, and so the Romans printed money with the image of their ruler, Caesar. Therefore, give unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. It, Christ is saying, yes, pay taxes, but he said it in such a way that they could not grab a hold of his words. They could not, um, find fault with the things that he said. And, and, and that's, uh, the careful wisdom of God. God, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is able to escape the traps of men and he gives his people ability to likewise escape traps that are set by men, spiritual traps. 
But anyway, the, uh, we're, we're trying to learn about this word image, whose image and superscription was on the tribute money, Caesar's image. What does that mean? It means the picture, the image on the coin looked like Caesar. Therefore, it belonged to Caesar. Give to Caesar the things that are his, and to God the things that are God's. Now, who's made in the image and likeness of God? Mankind is made in God's image, and therefore give to God what is his, and that is you, and that is me. We are creatures created in the image and likeness of God. We belong to God. He is the potter, we're the clay. He fashioned us and molded us, and and we are his. Uh, we, we might think we're a free agent. We might think we're an individual that, that is independent of anyone and anything, and we, we have no responsibility to God, and yet that's part of our deceitful nature, that, that we think we're all alone, that, that it's just myself and, and I will live my life my way. No. No, we, we belong to God. And God therefore can do with us as he wills. And if we are a piece of pottery unto dishonor, God will destroy us because we're his. And he doesn't like what he made. He doesn't like what what has become of that creation. Therefore, he will destroy it, finally. And if we're, uh, by God's grace, one of those that are saved, then we're made uh, uh, unto honor and God will allow us to continue forevermore and to live forevermore and because he has redeemed us he's bought us it's we originally belonged to him but now he's purchased us back from the demands of the law that we be des- destroyed he's paid the penalty the law demanded and now we're his once again he has restored our soul he has restored us to our original condition of being a servant in a right relationship to our Creator. And and therefore, give unto God the things that are God's. And is really uh, being spoken to us today that we ought to give God our life, give God our body, give God our thoughts, give God all that we are because it belongs to Him. And it's not a great and uh, tremendous thing that we do this. It's our duty to do. It's our obligation. It's a, a simply a right response to that which is just, that we serve God in accordance with how he would have us to serve him. But anyway, the image of God, well, it's clear this word image, or, or excuse me, the, the word image we're looking at, this word image has to do with likeness. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 Corinthians 4, and I'll read verses 3 and 4, it says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God, should shine unto them. 
Christ is the perfect image of God. Mankind is created in God's image. Christ is eternal God who entered into the human race and and in his life, in his person, we see the perfect image of God that reveals to us God's likeness. In Colossians chapter 1, Colossians 1, it says in verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. And we shall be like him, the Bible tells us, when we have our resurrected bodies and and uh, we're made one whole personality finally at the end of this life and we go to be with the Lord, we shall be like him. We will be in that perfect image and, and that image uh, would mean there is no sin. No, if we're in the likeness of God, there's no sin, there's no darkness, there's no evil anymore. That those things are gone. We've been recreated. We're a new creature made in the image of God and, and we'll be able to maintain and, and to keep this image into eternity future. In Colossians 3, it says, in verse 9, Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Now this is uh, interesting in two ways. Number one, verse 9 mentions uh, no longer lying. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds, lies would would go along with our old nature, with how we entered into the world. We uh, we were born in sin. We, we were conceived in sin. We were born speaking lies, the Bible tells us. And we had a heart that was deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We didn't even know our own nature. And... And that's how we were prior to salvation. But once God saves us, that the old man and his deeds are, are put off and the new man is put on and we're renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Notice that renewed in knowledge. And what basically God is saying here is that we begin to take upon ourselves the image of Christ. Yes, once we receive the new resurrected soul. That's that's true. That's necessary. We have to be truly born again to to be after his image with our, our new nature. But we're renewed in knowledge after that image. So as we begin to grow in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge concerning the truth of the Word of God, those truths that we're learning are patterning us, they're forming and shaping us after the knowledge or after the image 
of Christ. And, and so uh, that's why we're growing in grace and in the knowledge of God. We're growing in our Christian life more and more into the image of Christ. So that early on, after salvation, we, we do not present or show forth that image of Christ all that much. But then as we continue to learn truth from the Bible, we begin to have it applied to our lives and, and therefore we begin to show the image of Christ more and more. For instance, we learn Sunday's the Sabbath day and in, in our past life, we wouldn't treat Sunday any differently than any other day except it was a day we normally had off for fun, a normal, a day for sports, a day for whatever we wanted. And, uh, but now we've learned Sunday's the Sabbath, Sunday's the Lord's Day, Sunday's the time to involve ourselves in spiritual activities. And so, uh, we, we're not going to the baseball game. We're not going, uh, to cut the grass. We're, we're spending time with the Bible. We're spending time in prayer. And this image now, it, it, it's a, a little clear on that point. Uh, or in our marriage, maybe it's our third marriage. Maybe we've had no difficulty, no problem. Our conscience wasn't even bothered in divorcing two previous spouses. But now we've learned, because God has saved us in, in, in the meantime, that, oh, marriage is forever. We're not to divorce. And if we've already divorced, we're to stay married with the person we're with. And, and, and so now we, we believe it, we live it out, and, and we even speak about it with others. And another little piece of the image of Christ is formed. And, and this process continues. And, and of course, Christ is light. And all these things are true and faithful to the Word of God. And therefore, it, we're beginning to shine with a similar Light as Christ, we're taking on His image as we're we're going along, and of course, this is why people will will begin to react negatively to us. It's not so much we ourselves, but it is the image that we're now revealing. It's the likeness of the Lord Jesus that people don't want to see that they're starting to see in us. In Romans chapter 8, in Romans 8, it says in verse 29. Well, actually, I'm going to read from verse 28, only because that's a a wonderful verse. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate, to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And that's the child of God. We're predestinated to conform to the image of God's dear Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We we can't help it. We couldn't stop the process if we wanted to. We... we 
we might be uh, involved in all affliction and tribulation and our life is full of difficulties since we became a Christian and maybe we we would just want it to stop and and to run away from it but there's nowhere to go God has begun a good work in us he's began to fashion and form us after the image of his son and that process will continue for as long as we live until it's complete and and it won't be complete until we're that completely new creature in both body and soul and and in the very presence of God as our attention then is directed towards the new heaven and new earth and into eternity future. It certainly will not be completed in this life. Well, we we see from these verses that the image of Christ has to do with knowledge. And being conformed to it is a growing in grace, learning of, of truth, and putting off the lie. But the church, you see, that has been given over to Satan at the time of the end, and the spirit of the evil one is the one in the midst of the church. Well, now the church is it previously had the spirit of God within it, and would teach truth, and and therefore would have the likeness of God, but not this evil end-time church, not this rebellious house that God has brought judgment, starting the end-time judgment of mankind at the house of God. And this church begins to take on the image of the beast. And, and through lies and deceitfulness, through lying signs and wonders, through all manner of deceivableness, through strong delusion that God is sending them, they believe a lie. And in their belief of the lie, and they're growing, not in grace, but in works, in their, uh, in, in their increase, not of right knowledge, but of error, they are being formed and fashioned into the image of the one that rules over them, the devil, Satan himself, the beast. The beast that uh, rules and sits in the church as the man of sin and the one that is worshipped as though he were God. And that is the image that Revelation 13 is going to be describing in verse after verse through the rest of this chapter. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.